Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio. It is high noon on a Friday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. I'm Wesley Euler. He's Arthur Motes. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Between the two of us here on the show, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. One of us might be an author as well, too. All right, you guys should know all of that by now, though. Anything you don't know, any questions, comments, concerns, reactions, the best way, as always, to get involved with the show is on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at Dabati52. Uh, and, and a little different here, Motsi. I should preface this. Um, this is another pre-recorded show that you and I are doing here. So you're not in San Diego anymore, but we are recording this one from the comforts of our home. We've got man, it's some- Easter weekend, man. What y'all I was expect? Gonna, Come I was on, gonna man. Say- it's Easter weekend. We've got some Easter weekend traveling going on. So, as always, we'll take your tweets, but we won't answer them live here over the next yeah. 90 minutes. All right? Yeah. This is this is pre-recorded. It's Easter weekend. Motes is going here. I'm going there. But we still wanted to bring you Man, guys. It's, it's Easter weekend. You don't work on Easter weekend. You I don't, don't work on Easter weekend. The, none of that. All right? You listen on Easter weekend, but you don't work. On Easter weekend, ladies only and gentlemen. Only Jesus. Only Jesus works only on, Jesus. on Easter weekend. Only Jesus. And we're not Jesus, okay? So we are not working on Easter weekend. <laughs> yeah, I might I might have the I might have the good I might have the good hair, but not I mean not you know up to par with Jesus. So. Come on, man. Somebody might have wrote a book, but we ain't write that level book. That's all I'm saying. All right. There yeah. you go. Now you're talking. Um, so you're welcome to tweet us. As always, um, but this show will not be as interactive as most of our shows. But enjoy the holiday weekend, and, and you best believe we got plenty of content coming at you as we get closer and closer and closer, closer to the 2022 to NFL Draft, <laughs> where Arthur Motes' dreams were made in the NFL Draft back hey, in 2010. Hey, hey, now hey, it'll be the hey. class of 2022 out in Man, Las you're Vegas. Oh, Lord, it's been that long? Jeez. Listen, time, time flies when you're having fun. Man, that's a long, long time. <laughs> long, long, long time. In anticipation of that 2022 NFL draft, first round April 28th, so a little less than two weeks from Friday. It was two weeks from Thursday, if you will, is the first round You know, in prime time on Thursday night. Uh, we have been dissecting, we've been going for, uh, going through, I should say, combing through some of these different mock drafts, some of these different projections from all over the place. On Wednesday's show, we spent uh, the first segment and a little bit of the third segment talking about some, uh, some drafts, some mock drafts, some predictions, um, some projections from ESPN, from the ESPN side of things. And mostly, I thought maybe today... You know, NFL Network has a new mock draft Uh-oh. out. New, dun, dun, dun. yeah, new new predictions and, and and outlooks from the NFL Network from NFL.com. And so I figured, you know, that's the nice that's the nice balance, right? We talked a little ESPN projections on Wednesday, and we'll talk a little NFL.com projections to get us started here on Fridays. That sound good with mm-hmm. you? That sounds amazing to me. 
I love it. All right. So, Mock Draft 3.0 for Lance Zerline of NFL.com. And this one, I, I like how this goes because it played out much differently than the mock that Motsi and I worked with on Wednesday, which had two quarterbacks, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, both going in the top 10. This draft, Arthur Motes, a little bit different in this mock from NFL.com. We have to wait all the way until the teens to have the first quarterback come off the board. So those are obviously two vastly different scenarios that would affect the Steelers in two vastly different ways. Those dominoes falling right. that we've talked about and how that can kind of change the landscape and maybe force your hand in terms of being able to go after certain positions or not. So let's start with the top. Uh, Trayvon Walker in this one goes first overall to Jacksonville. And that's interesting, Motsi. I've seen mm -hmm. that a lot more often. You like. What percentage chance would you say right now that, that Trayvon Walker is the first overall pick? Because that seems like it's gaining more and more steam. I mean, it's gaining more and more steam. But for me, I think the biggest issue is the productivity that Aiden Hutchinson has had and why he's viewed as the consensus number one is just because he was doing it at a higher level for a longer time and he didn't have the stack defense mm. with him as well. You know, when you're thinking about that Michigan defense, yes, they had guys that were impressive, but we're not naming Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, Channing Tindall. Um, obviously, Trevon Walker is up there. Trevon I mean, we Walker, could go, yep. like we could go down this list of how many guys in their front seven are going to be first or second round draft picks. Probably five. Michigan, right, right. <laughs> Whereas with Michigan, it's like, yeah, I mean, y'all have some guys without a doubt, but we're not going to act like it was to that level. And that was the reason why one team was playing for a national championship and actually won it, whereas the other team didn't. I mean, we didn't even bring up Devontae Wyatt. He's another right. guy yeah. that was on that. I knew we like were that. forgetting somebody. Come He's going to be bro, a first. That's, he might be a top 15 pick. Top 15 pick, right. So when we're going down that list, and obviously when you're talking about, you know, top 10, top 15 guys, it does become, a, in a sense, an argument where you're splitting hairs. Sure, and it's absolutely. not taking anything away from Walker, but when you're trying to compare who would you take overall, number one, well, give me the guy that had a little less help, so that way I at least feel more comfortable knowing that, hey, if he sure. is in a situation where we don't have an established D-line, we don't have established pass rushers, this guy can win on his own, whereas with Trevon, you might question that. I mean, it's no different why people are still having a little bit of questions about uh, N'Kobe Dean in the linebacker court because they're saying, well, hey, when you're playing behind these guys, we just named three guys in their D-line that's going to be first-day picks. First-day picks, yep. Two of them potentially in the top 15. Jordan Davis could slide up depending on how people view him. But to play behind those three caliber guys, it is going to make it a lot easier. It is going to make you wonder, is this guy really that good or was he just around elite talent? Right. And that could be a little bit of the question with Trevon Walker in contrast to Aiden Hutchinson, in my opinion. I think that's well said by you. Um, man, that, that Georgia defense is just, it, Bro, it's it, stacked. Like, it it's feels real, man. Feels like what LSU was working with a few years ago, Yes, but, but what they had on the offensive side of the ball, right? Correct. When, when, when you had, um, you had Joe Burrow, you had Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, all absolutely. taken in the first round. Plus, and you then, still had Jamar Chase on I was that say, team. Yeah, he was the young guy on that squad. Absolutely. And I believe not first round picks, but I believe three of their five offensive linemen were drafted mm -hmm. from LSU. Now, was that, that the year. same year? Who was the running back? Uh, you said it was Clyde. Clyde. It was Clyde. I would say because yep. yeah, like, last pick in the first round. When you're talking about that type of talent, you just question, like, man, can these guys do it by themselves? Who's can really they stand the straw alone? that's stirring right. that drink? Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it is. Hey, it's a good problem to have if you're Georgia, but yeah. uh, it certainly creates some questions in this process, absolutely. So uh, NFL.com, Trayvon Walker, first overall to the Jaguars. Number two then, right, that's where I think we really start to look at the potential for the quarterback dominoes to start to fall. Jacksonville ain't taking a quarterback. They're, they're just not going to do right, it. They took, yeah, they took my one took, overall last they year. They took Trevor Lawrence overall last yeah. year. They would, I think we all agree they would be foolish to, to punt on Trevor Lawrence after one season, particularly yeah. in a season where, yeah, let's just say you had a lot of turmoil as it related to the head coach. <laughs> Do we got to travel back with the team? Can I stay? No. <laughs> Do I got to go? No, you I'm can stay, just, at your, can, stay at your can, restaurant can, here. Am I allowed um, to dance with fans on my lap? Is that cool? I was just asking for a friend. I didn't know these things were frowned upon or not. You know? <laughs> we'll we'll give Trevor Lawrence the benefit of the doubt for year one with some of that some of that head coaching <laughs> you, situation. You talking about on a there. transition. Lord, you went from dad mode. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Easter, I mean, geez, Louise. Wow. <laughs> wow. That escalated. <laughs> So pick two, uh, where we all think the first quarterback domino could fall, and we've seen Malik Willis mocked to Detroit by plenty of people there at two. Uh, but NFL.com says Aiden Hutchinson, Detroit, staying with the Michigan man and uh, and maybe continuing to, to reset that culture that Dan Campbell is trying to build there. They bite uh, your knees off over there. You know that. They Come bite on, your man. kneecaps off over ah. there. And I tell you what, Aiden Hutchinson, I don't know. Maybe he's got some cannibal in him, so maybe that would be ah, You never know, man. You never know. Number three to the Houston Texans, Evan Neal, uh, the Love talented, this the, yeah, talented, <laughs> Love this talented tackle from from Alabama. Um, I mean, he's six foot seven, three hundred and fifty yeah. pounds. He's he's just a beast. Um, he can play. He's played all over the offensive line for Alabama. Yeah. Um, you can line we, him we, up we call on him either a pass side. Rush's nightmare. A pass, he is a pass rush's rush nightmare. nightmare. Yes. That's what we call him, man. Um, you know, you could, you could play him on the right side with Laramie Tunsil. If eventually Laramie Tunsil moves on in a couple years, I think they'd feel confident moving him back to the left side. Whole lot of talent, whole lot to work with yeah. there for Evan Neal for sure. Uh, number four, Sauce Gardner goes to the J-E-T-S. Man, Jets, Jets, Jets. up there. Ooh. That's, and, and I like him a lot. That's, I think, a little I rich do for my too. blood. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Sauce I think, is definitely a productive player. He's definitely a guy that, you know, he he checked off the box of being a man-to-man corner, elite man-to-man corner, and then doing it against high-end talent. We saw him right, in, the, uh, right. in the college playoff versus Bama. He definitely held his own, but fourth is cool. Four. Gosh, you better be up there, man. You better be getting Revis if you're drafting somebody exactly. that high. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you better be getting Jalen Ramsey fan, if you drafted somebody. I don't know somebody. if Sauce is Revis or Ramsey right now. Like, I, I think I agree. Man, he, he, he might be more. Is he Trey White? Ugh. And Trey Rice is good in his own right, but fourth overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that you better be. Overall, that's you better be Champ Bailey. You better be Champ Bailey. Yes, you go, you yeah. going that early? <laughs> that is high, high. Uh, Giants up next. Uh, the run on defensive talent continues here. They take Kayvon Thibodeau uh, out of Oregon, a guy who has been mentioned in those top pick, top pick or or, or two maybe I should say. But he goes to the Giants at five here. Uh, number six, back to the offensive line. Another quarterback domino position to watch here. The Carolina Panthers, of course, a lot of connections there with Kenny Pickett. Obviously, between Matt Rule uh, and Kenny Pickett, Matt Rule recruited Kenny Pickett to Temple when he was still the head coach there for those that are unfamiliar, Pickett was committed to Temple and to play for Matt Rule until like the 11th hour of the recruiting process when Pitt offered him a scholarship and he decided to go to the bigger Power 5 school. But obviously Matt Rule and Kenny Pickett have had a long relationship dating back to Pickett's high school career. 
A lot of speculation that could be the landing spot for Kenny Pickett. Uh, David Tepper, who's a CMU guy with Pittsburgh ties, the owner of Carolina as well too, right? So maybe a lot of different ties pointing there uh, to Kenny Pickett at six. But NFL.com and Lance Zerline say Charles Cross, another talented offensive tackle, another young <laughs> offense. There's a lot of 20, 21-year-old, a lot, yes. lot of young tackles, yes. a lot of – um. We call them three contract guys, man. Three contract three guys. Contract like Tristan Wirfs. Like, like Tristan yeah. Wirfs was the same way. Was the Absolutely, same way coming man. out. You get these guys Iowa. 20, 21 years old. That's that's three contract guys. They easily hit their yeah. hit their third contract, and they won't even be thirty years old yet. Exactly. I mean, that's man. there's there's yeah. a lot of value to be had there for sure. So Charles Cross goes sixth overall to Carolina. Icky Equato. Hey, let's go. To, and shout out to the pronunciation as well, man. I see you've been in the. I see you've been in the lab. I see you. So, so the Giants, the Giants go with the all pronunciation picks there at five and seven, right? With Kayvon Thibodeau and Ike hey, that's Iquano. true. Man, I feel bad for the Jersey guy. I got to put these. All right, let me get these letters right. Please don't mix up one. <laughs> but the Giants, the Giants go right to the trenches. Edge rusher, offensive tackle in the top ten. Uh, eighth pick, our first wide receiver off the board, Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. to the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh, I tell you what, you pair him with Kyle Pitts, all of a sudden you, you get a quarterback mm-hmm. down there and you, you might be cooking with something. Oh, I thought they got a guy. They got Mariota. Remember, he took a year off, so oh, now he's right. better. Yeah. You know how that goes. Just wait that's a year, right. then you come well, back and hold get a better quarterback. Did he work with Brian Dable? I don't know, but I think he was in a group message with Josh Allen, and that got to count for something, okay? okay. Yeah, that, that, that means the world message. to me. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ninth pick, Seattle Seahawks, another quarterback domino to watch here. Mm-hmm. But again, this one's different than what we've seen so far. Quarterbacks hanging around in this uh, this NFL.com mock draft. Another corner, Derek Stingley Jr. goes now, off question. the board here. Yeah. Do you really think that's the scenario for Seattle, though, that they would be content rolling with Drew Locke? Versus a Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, it would surprise I would be surprised as well. And I could see around nine, I could see one of those guys really going there and then not feel yeah. like it's crazy high because of that need. But yeah, I just don't see Seattle, you know, making this a long term relationship with Drew Locke. I just don't buy that. Especially Motsi. Like, isn't Pete Carroll the oldest coach in yes. the NFL? Yes. Or like, older, or like, no, he's older than Belichick. Yes, he's the oldest. I mean, he. He's 70 years old right now, Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. He turned 71 in September. Yeah. You think he's looking at this like, ah, I'm going to be around for a while. We got two, three, like, four years what? to retool this thing. I don't think so. Pete Carroll's trying to win. Pete might hit you with the, all right, guys, I'm out. <laughs> exactly. So I don't see Pete Carroll um, playing the long game here. Mm-mm. But again, that's why we have these do these. That's why we go over these different hypotheticals, these different mocks. It's certainly yeah. a possibility. Derek Stingley Jr. ninth to the Seahawks. I don't know if we've had this conversation. You, you Stingley Jr. guy or a Sauce guy? If if you had the opportunity to take just one. Well, the difference is one was playing last year, where the other guy was, you know, on the hiatus. Now it worked out really well for the last LSU guy that set out a year by the name of Jamar Chase. But for me. I, I'm always a little bit leery of the guys that sit out, especially, you know, on the defense side of the ball. I feel like offensively, man, a Jamar Chase type, we saw him have his little rough start in the preseason with the drops and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. once he got rolling, it went back to normal. I'm just always concerned when we're talking about defenders because it's a lot harder to have to match these receivers. It's a lot harder when you're the one who's being reactionary. And at times, I just feel like it's kind of like a boxer or, or, or MMA fighter. 
you're better when you're more when you're in there more frequently. When you sit out for a little while, your eyes slow down. Yeah. It takes you a little yeah. bit of time to get caught back up. And we've seen the best of the best corners in this league already have difficult times. Jalen Ramsey. I mean, we saw, I mean, he is arguably the best corner in the league right now, right? He's in that conversation annually. And even he struggles with some of these elite tier receivers and he hasn't taken a year off. So that's my only concern as pertains to Stingley Jr. versus Sauce Gardner. I think that if this was two years ago or a year ago, well, yeah, I would be leaning Stingley without a doubt. But when you're talking about a guy sitting out and now you're not just coming back to, you know, college football, you're coming to the league where it is set up for receivers to win. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. Remember at college, you can get hands on these receivers downfield. In the NFL, you get five yards. After that, you got to, you know, hope for the best. Thanks, Mel Blunt. So, right. So so for me, when I think <laughs> of Stingley, that's the only reason why I lean more sauce because he's just been doing it. You know, he didn't sit yeah. out that year. But that's a tough – like, corner is one of the toughest positions. Uh, next to quarterback, I think corner is the next toughest position to come in and play as a rookie because totally the rules agree. are very different from what you're doing in college. And the receivers, like the athletes, the caliber, the size is night and day as well, man. So that's my only concern with Stingley. He's still going to be fine. Don't get it twisted. But that's why I lean Sauce Gardner over Stingley right now. I'm with you. It's tough for me. Listen, I think Stingley can be a a fantastic corner in the National Football League. But it's tough for me. And he's going to be one of these top 10, top 15 picks. Mm Mm-hmm. Tough for me to take a guy who's only played 10 games over the last two seasons. It's not a lot of ball, man. He played three games last year. He played seven games in 2020. That's not a lot. And we can see the video of him and Jamar Chase going one-on-one and practice all we want to. That was that's three years game. ago. It was three right. years ago. And that's not that's not a game with with yeah. you know two separate offenses and staff. And consequences and, 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 like, and seventy thousand screaming yeah, fans. The, and, the pressure of you getting beat in a one-on-one drill versus when it's game time is night and day. And from a person that's had that experience at multiple levels. You feel the difference no matter how much you try to psych yourself out. Oh, yeah, I don't get hyped up. Oh, yeah, my heart rate stays the same. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It changes. Now, we manage it, and that's why it's not always visible, but it's a big difference when you're doing it, like you said, in front of 70,000 and the consequences of you missing one step, missing one hand placement, being a touchdown versus, oh, it was just a drill, you scored, all right, cool, we'll do it again next versus, play. Here's our, here's, yeah. here's our 19-year-old pimple-faced freshman who's holding like, the camera on the sideline. It's night and day. I mean, how many times do we say, oh, that would have been a great performance if he didn't fumble? That would have been a great performance if he didn't get beat on the deep ball. Oh, that would have been a great performance if he would have made the tackle. You don't get that luxury when you're actually in these games. So that's why, for me, I don't put as much stock in that type of stuff either. I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, Number 10 here, the Jets now with their second pick of the first round. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, defensive end out of Florida State. One of those more traditional, like I label him a defensive end, not an edge rusher. (laughs) Correct. He's more Cam Cam Hayward than he is is TJ Watt. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think he's got some exciting uh, upside. He was really strong at the Senior Bowl. Uh, yeah. Jermaine Johnson to the Jets to round out the top 10. Now, pick 11. The Washington, whatever the heck they'll decide to call themselves at the end of April team. Uh, the Commanders, another spot here where, again, we're keeping an eye on that quarterback potential. But they, mm-hmm. go, Drake, they go Drake London, you know, to, to to go all in, I guess, on Carson Wentz, if you will. Um, you said your I'm never going to live that one. I'm never going to live that one down. I know how you feel about him, man. It's all good. 
it's all good. I think in the end, we both were right and wrong. I don't think either one of our dogs proved to be like legitimate. No, you were right friends, though. You don't have to you know be that I mean? nice. You were right. Yeah. Dak Prescott is is. I'm gonna use a. I'm gonna use a, a European soccer term on you here. Mostly, all, right, all right, here we go. Here we go. Dak Prescott is clear. Yes. Yes. All right. Fair enough. That's how. Fair they, enough. That's how they say in Europe. Whenever, whenever they think one guy is better than the other. Uh huh. Like I might say, Cristiano Ronaldo is clear of Messi, but you think Messi is clear of clear. Ronaldo. That's okay, how they. Okay. That's their like slang for who's better. That, that works there. I, I like Arthur that right Motes, there. That, That's peaceful. I yeah. admit it. I admit it. All right. Dak Prescott is clear of Carson Wentz. You got me. Now let's not let's. let's Let's not talk about your boy Terry McLaurin. All right. Or, hey, sorry, not shit. Terry McLaurin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. He been hurt. Can, can my guy get healthy? Last time he was healthy, he was that guy. That's all, man. But you're right. You're right. Um, so the commanders, they they go and they get a weapon for Carson Wentz, a big, I mean, six foot five, 200 plus yeah. pound guy out of USC. Get you a Mike um, Evans type. Absolutely. Which I think could could fit very nicely with Terry McLaurin and the skill set that mm-hmm. he has. There could be a nice thunder and lightning there. Kyle Hamilton goes at 12 to the Vikings. I tell you what, you pair him with Harrison Smith on the back end. and <laughs> That's you're, real. You're set, you're set there Oof. if you're Minnesota. Um, yeah. Kyle Hamilton's another interesting one. A lot of top 10, even some top 5 projections. There's been some people that have, you know, stated that they think he'll be there around pick 20 whenever the Steelers come up on the board. Uh Devontae Wyatt goes to the Houston Texans at pick 13, another one of those Georgia studs that we've mm-hmm. talked about. Um that of course the Texans pick that they acquired from the Browns in one of the picks that they acquired from the Browns in the Deshaun Watson trade. Uh Baltimore. Oh, now see this is a tough one. It's Carlophytus, I believe is how he pronounces his last name. George Carlophytus, uh, edge rusher from Purdue. And I tell you what, he's another one of those. He's played an edge role. He's played a hand-in-the-dirt type role. Um, I think he would fit the Ravens' culture there, Moti. Mm-hmm. That would be that'd be a nice pickup for them. And we know Baltimore, like Pittsburgh, they're always looking towards defense. They're always looking for guys yeah. who could get after the quarterback. It's a cultural thing there. 15, the Eagles' first pick now since they did the deal with the Saints. They take Trent McDuffie, third corner, to go off the board. He's another one that I think mm. low-key the Steelers could have some interest in. Yeah. But 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 seeing him getting to pick 20 seems seems a little unlikely for me. That's just, you know, we talk a lot about how the, the league is so thirsty for quarterbacks, Motsi. Yeah. I think corners are, like, low-key in that same kind of regard just because – there's usually only a couple that come out, like quarterbacks. There's mm-hmm. maybe two, three, maybe four that come out every season and can really have an instant impact because, as you just alluded to a minute ago, it's a very hard position to learn on the fly. Yeah. The the, the Patrick Sertains and the J.C. Horns, you know, coming out and looking like they belong right away, like, yeah. that's That's, that's far rare. in between, man. That's, that that's, that's, often. that's few and far in between. I think of that there is a little bit more of a premium on corners now, especially, too. I mean, the NFL is a passing league. We all know mm-hmm. that, the cliche. Uh, Trent McDuffie, 15th to the Eagles. Whoo! And now, number 16, the New Orleans Uh-oh. Saints. Oh. Is where our first quarterback comes off the board. It's Malik Willis. Malik! Malik! Out of Liberty. Let me ask you this, too, is because, you know, if we were having this conversation last year, for a quarterback, New Orleans feels like a sexy place to land, right? You get to play in a mm-hmm. dome. You've got some weapons there. you got a good offensive line. you got Sean Payton, an offensive mastermind coach. 
Well, now all of a sudden Sean Payton's gone, and there's been some regime change there. Mm-hmm. Are you still, if you're Malik Willis and that's where you end up going, are you still as jacked up about going to New Orleans as maybe you would have been a few months ago last year? Um, Honestly, yeah, just in the sense of, like, I think for the rookies, your mindset is I'm going to create my own legacy. I'm going to create my own version. Like, Sean Payton really became Sean Payton when Drew Brees got there, right? It was like, man, these two guys played together, and then they created their own legacy. So if you're Malik Willis, I think you're taking a similar approach of, I'm actually glad that Sean Payton is not there because, yes, he would help me immensely with my development, but at the same time, anything that I do from a success perspective is going to be capped, and we're going to put the credit Mm -hmm. on who? Sean Payton. So that's why, for me, I can still see Malik being excited about it because he is going to get a fresh start. But my only thing is, if I remember correctly, they re-signed Jameis. They did. So I guess in this sense, like you're bringing him along to develop slowly. I think so. If Jameis turns into Jameis, but if Jameis turns into what we think he can be in terms of cutting down those turnovers, which we were already seeing last year before he got hurt. I just feel like this pick. You got. You could have a Jordan. You could have a Jordan Love type situation. Absolutely, that's my only like issue with that particular pick. You know, three four years later, still still sitting on the bench, and you just don't know what you have in him. Absolutely, and I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a Jimmy G and Trey Lance situation either, because I think that Jameis has the potential to truly show he's a franchise caliber quarterback. Whereas Jimmy G, we know where he's capped at. So that's the only reason I don't really like this pick for New Orleans, but I can understand it if they did it. I, th- I think that's fair. You at least are giving yourselves options there, right? Yeah. But you 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 stand the potential to do the, the Jordan Love thing. Yeah, because you, you already would... paid you paid Jameis. It wasn't like he took a, a, a right. Trubisky deal. He got paid starter he money. Got paid, he got paid yeah. a nice contract. He, he ain't making Deshaun Watson money, but he got paid. Uh, he got, uh, <laughs> I mean, no one's – only Aaron Rodgers is making say, Deshaun yeah, yeah. Watson money. Well, 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 technically, even Aaron isn't making that type of money. I mean, it's right. I mean, only, one, only one. Patrick you Mahomes and Josh Allen ain't making that yeah, kind of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He in um, baseball conversation money. Like, but, but you're right. That, that The risk that you would take is we'd look up two years from now and and Jameis Winston would be established as a QB one in the NFL yeah. franchise. You know, again, not one of those, maybe not one of those top seven or top ten guys, but certainly someone that you know you can win games with and is capable of winning in the postseason and division titles and those things. Um, and then you've got Malik Willis as kind of spare parts. I guess though, you know, you're taking a risk in every facet with every one of these draft picks. Maybe that's the yeah. one New Orleans is willing to take. We're gonna take a break here. When we come back. Who's still on the board? Well, there's some big names still available. Absolutely. Kenny Pickett is still there. Uh, Trevor Penning's still there. Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Jordan Davis, Devin Lloyd, all on the board. Where do the Steelers go? Where would we go? We'll tell you all that when we return on the other side. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on a Friday on SNR. 